Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Get four hours of sleep a night. Once you get to that point, you'll really start to to see how important sleep is. So I want to keep that in the back of your mind as you listen to this episode. Just remember, you know, how how critical sleep is to everything else in your life and how that affects literally everything. And so with that, Terry, I want to start things off by, I want you to share first, why, why is it that college students struggle with sleep? Like what are, what are the things that come up that wouldn't normally come up, let's say in, in high school or, or whatever, or maybe they do in high school, but it's not as much. What are the factors that lead to sleep being much more of an issue in college? I think it could possibly be multiple things. One being that when you go to college, you're putting a, normally you're living on campus or you're living even off campus, but you're, the point is you're completely away from home. You're in a completely new environment. Usually for the first time, you're really managing like all of your own time. Um, you're putting a new like independent situation where you have to make a lot, a lot of your own choices now. And because of that, complete new radical shift in environment um you don't really have a framework for which to operate by you don't really have routines to go go with um you don't really have any like defaults so it's easy for bad habits to slip in there and become the defaults and to become the routines and secondly it's easy to feel like sleep is the least important thing because as a college student there's literally a billion other things that are so much better quote unquote or so much more fun um or so much more important um that when evening starts to roll around you start to feel like there could literally be anything else is better to do than sleep and whether that's scrolling on tiktok watching a movie hanging out with some friends reading though i don't think much college very many college students read um basically doing anything people will try to like avoid sleep for some reason, maybe not even try to, but just like they, they default to it. And this is something I noticed myself doing a lot is when, when it's evening and it's say it's getting around 10, 11 PM and I really should be going to bed. My mind kind of does this really quick decision-making. That's really, that was hard for me to catch until recently. It basically asked myself, do I want to go to bed right now? Like I look and I, I see it's 11 PM. And I'm like, I should go to bed because earlier in the day when I was being logical, um, I told myself I needed to go to bed by 11 because then I would get eight hours of sleep and then I would wake up the next day feeling happy um, or feeling, you know, energetic. And that's, this is like, it's really basic. It's like a child, like a toddler talking to themselves. Um, like that's the kind of language I use in my, you know, in my brain, right? I'm going to be happy. Um, but the, it's delayed gratification. It's like a future reward. It's intangible. And you're kind of like, Do I really want that though? Or would I much rather, you know, just stay up one more hour, 30 more minutes. That's all it is. I'll watch one more YouTube video. I'll play one more game with my buddies. Um, What's the harm in staying out an extra 30 minutes? Like, you know, it's not that bad. Maybe an hour. Okay. Like I can operate off of seven hours. It's not that bad. Basically all that to say you prioritize the things you're doing in the now much more than the reward of proper sleep and energy the following day 
and it's it's easy for me to run through this really quick decision-making process where I look at the time and ask myself if I want to go to bed and I say no. And so then I end up just doing something else. But what's funny is by that time, I'm usually too tired to do anything productive. So most, more often than not, it's nothing productive. And so I really should just go to bed. Um, and I'm trying to, there's, there's, a, there's a perfect segue here that I want to mention about like emotional decision-making. Oh, one more thing um, to talk about sleep-wise. I think another reason it's so tricky for me and such a powerful influence in, in life is because it's one of the most important things we as humans do biologically. And it's like a biological productivity factor. Well, you can see it's important just by the fact that we need like a third of our day on average, the average human needs to sleep about a third of his day away. Which I guess if you look at it from that way, with that language, we need to just waste it away, sleep it away. Um, I probably need to stop that because that's defaulting. That's like putting some poor choice of words in there, making it seem like a chore. Um, when in reality, it should be like, I get to sleep for eight hours. Like I'm looking forward to being influenced. It's, you know, decision-making like that. I'm, I'm blobbing a whole bunch here, um, but I'll, I'll go and pause there and collect my thoughts to mention a few other things later. Jacob, many thoughts on what I've just been chit-chatting about. It's the first thing you sacrifice, but the last thing you really should, you know, and that's just like, whatever, like you were saying earlier, you know, everything at late at night, everything sounds better than sleeping, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's easy to push it off because in that moment you are you know, you're, maybe you're not even that tired or maybe you are, but you're just like, oh, well, I'd rather do this. And so it's kind of the first thing we go to, to sacrifice, but then the next day immediately regret it when we wake up exhausted, either need to sleep in, or we're going to be dead all day. Um, and that's just kind of like the struggle that I think all college, all college students, but all people kind of struggle with is, you know, that idea of, you know, that delayed gratification in your sleeping and understanding that you're going to need to actually sacrifice something else to get good sleep because otherwise you're going to sacrifice your sleep and then next thing i'll say i wrote down a whole list here of stuff i wanted to say based on what you said and and that was oftentimes we don't even feel productive during those late night hours and so it's almost if you look at we're talking talking about wasting time if you think about those late night hours those are really where you're wasting your time right because you're not sleeping you're not recovering for the next day but you're also not being productive. Um, and so if anything, those are the hours you're wasting, not the hours you're sleeping. And I think, I think sometimes people sacrifice their sleep to be productive. I know I've done that several times throughout the semester to catch up on school or whatever. And I think in those situations, it's almost okay. You know, like sometimes you have to sacrifice your sleep to finish a school assignment or whatever. Um, but most of the time it's just, you being up late at night and doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing, um, you know, playing video games, watching YouTube, not that those are bad things, but at the end of the day, they're not really going to get you anywhere, you know, in, toward your goals in excess or at the wrong time. They can be bad things. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, final thing I'll mention, then I'll turn it back to you. I was kind of asking you about, you know, what factors lead to zero sleep for college students. But one of the things that I also thought of, um, what you didn't directly mention, what you kind of did was just like the, I mean, you mentioned the environment, 
mm-hmm. but really it's kind of like a, I feel like it's a social thing for me mm-hmm. oftentimes where, I mean, not that I feel like I need to stay up late, but it, it almost feels impossible to go to bed early um, for several reasons. You know, at, at usually people are hanging out until about midnight, um, sometimes later, you know, and so, you know, in that case, it's like, it's almost po- impossible to sleep before midnight. And so you're kind of waiting till after midnight to, to even try to go to bed. But oftentimes also you'll have, you know, your roommates getting back at one or two in the morning and maybe you're, I know this happened to me one time and I was kind of mad about it. Um, I was getting ready for bed. I was really close to falling asleep. Um, and then my roommates came in and wanted to come talk to me. Like just, you know, it was nice that they wanted to come talk to me, nothing bad about it. Um, but before I knew it, they were, you know, just talking to me for like half an hour. And then I was getting out of bed to come talk to them. And then we ended up hanging out with friends for like another two hours. And I was going to go to bed early that night. And it's just a big mess, but it's just like that social aspect of college where you kind of always have to be alert and ready for those social situations. Cause you never really know when they're going to happen also kind of contributes to the lack of sleep. I mean, if you think about high school, once you go home, I guess, Terry, you're homeschooled, but once, once the traditional student would go home, you know, you don't really think about social situations. You know, you're, you're either, you know, that you're going to go hang out with friends or you're not that night. It's like you either are ready for the social situation or you're not with college. It's like, you always have to be ready for it because you never know when someone's going to come up to you and talk to you. Someone's going to come into your room and talk to you. You know, it's just like you, you're basically in a social setting 24 seven. And that kind of, you know, takes away from your sleep. So there's a few points I wanted to hit. Terry, back to you. (laughs) Very fair points. And social, social aspect was a huge one. I think I forgot to mention because I even noticed myself um, similar things. Like I've had many a night where I struggled to get to bed on time or where I struggled to even feel like it's possible because I want to hang out with friends because I want to build those relationships because I want to, um, you know, hang out with people and meet new people. Um, and it, it can be quite frustrating. The answer, I'm not sure. I'll have to ponder it more, um, maybe even work through myself. Um, but one other thing I wanted to mention was one of the reasons, I'm not just saying sleep is important because your parents say sleep is important, though it turns out they're probably right. It is important. I mean, they are right. It's not probably. Um, the reason I've found it has been so impactful, it's been so such a powerful thing, and it's important to get right, is that all in all, I've had a decent semester. I implemented new productivity uh, management tools and time management tools. I started using a calendar regularly. I built a Notion database that I was using regularly to ta- track my to-do lists. Um, I started... Um, little mini habits to kind of get the snowball rolling on like bettering myself side of things. Like I would, I've been reading every day. Um, I've been doing, you know, some pushups every day it, in varying amounts of intensity and um, amount. Um, but there's, there's been a lot of things that's happened this semester that I've done well on um, that are new or that I'm really happy um, that has happened. However, it's all been tainted by this by this cloud of low energy. Um, and something I wanted to mention to you guys was 
in my experience from this semester, it doesn't matter how many apps you use, how many quick fixes, tricks, and tips you find or use, or how many pages of a book you read in a day. If you don't get your sleep down, you're not going to be productive. Because obviously, we as humans need sleep to survive. And a lot of people will try to trick themselves into thinking, oh, I only need like, you know, six hours of sleep. I can do fine on that. But what I found is when we're intentional about getting the eight hours we need, and I'm just going to stick with eight hours because I saw someone write a blog post on this that I really liked. And he said that a lot of people try to trick themselves into thinking they can go on less. Um, but in reality, the percentage of the population that can is so few that more often than not, we all need eight hours. Sure, there's exceptions, but we're probably not it because, you know, there are exceptions <laughs> and everyone can't be exceptions, even though we want to. If you can't get the sleep down, I almost feel like nothing else matters because I haven't been able to start a workout routine um, because I've been so sleep deprived and energy deprived. Um, I've fallen behind on homework. I've, in spite of all my productivity and task management um, efforts, like there's been so many things I've tried that have been negated by the fact that I stayed up too late, didn't get enough sleep the next day, fell asleep in a class or skipped a class or and normally I never skip classes. The only reason I skip classes is because I've gotten like, because I look at my clock, I'm like, well, I'll three or four hours of sleep. I probably won't wake up to this alarm. So I probably should just skip it. Um, and 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 that's, I, I'm, I know I'm blabbering, blabbering a little here, but all that to say, it's been the, one of the trickiest problems for me to fix because I feel like it is a, it's like, it's a core piece of your productivity routine and toolkit. Um, but it's biological and it's like, it's dealing with your emotions and your um, chemicals and hormones in your, in your body that influence your thinking and your energy throughout the day. Like there's, it's so powerful, uh, such a powerful tool, such a powerful thing that you need to take care of. And it's something that I ha haven't been able to figure out consistently yet. And the last note I'll end on is my I was working a summer job at a, at a farm processing chickens. And the, the guy I was working with is actually my business mentor. Now he told me, he, one of the things he was emphasizing was I needed to sharpen my knife regularly. And that a sharp, sharp, sharp knife was actually less dangerous than a dull knife because it wouldn't slip and cut yourself because you're like, you know, hacking away at a piece of chicken or something, trying to, trying to cut it with a dull knife. Um, it's actually much safer to have a very sharp knife they use carefully and that just cuts through the first time uh, with, with a clean cut. And so he emphasized sharpening my knife regularly throughout the day as I was processing, processing chickens. And he told me this little story that's always stuck with me about, a, about some lumberjacks. And they're given like a 10 hour work day to cut down like a hundred trees or something like that. I'm just using some numbers that are easy for me to use for this analogy because I don't remember the exact ones he gave me. But like, say this, these lumberjacks had a 10 hour work day and they need to cut down a hundred trees. Um, the vast majority of them would just take their ax, sharpen it at the beginning of the day or something, or sharpen it a little, and then start going cutting down trees all day and just like not stopping cutting down trees. Well, the first, and sorry, not the first guy. And while one of the guys 
decides to take a different approach. And he sits down and sharpens his axe for like five hours. And of course, you know, it's this is an analogy and a story here. So in reality, your axe would probably be sharp after the first, you know, 10 minutes and it couldn't get more sharp. But for the sake of the story, what it's trying to portray is that by him sharpening his axe for five hours, he got done more in the last five hours with an extremely sharp axe than all the other lumberjacks did in their entire nine hours and 30 minutes of trying to cut down the trees straight, like of nine hours and 30 minutes straight of trying to cut down trees. Because at some point, their blade became very ineffective and dull. And they simply just couldn't function. Like at some point, they were probably just hitting with like the blunt end of a piece of metal, right? Um, if they didn't stop to sharpen it at all. Well, he made sure his axe was extremely sharp and efficient. And he got so much more work done in still a smaller amount of time. That's a perfect analogy for, for sleep. And I really like what um, Jacob was saying about it's kind of like an investment. If you think about it, you can't function properly in your day if you take away those hours of those necessary hours of sleep. If you're only running off three or four, you feel miserable, like barely able to function. Um, it doesn't matter what kind of techniques you try to use productivity-wise throughout the rest of the day or to-do lists, you're not going to get anything done unless you're one of those 0.001% freaks who can, which I admire you. I wish I could operate off that little sleep. Um, but by by prioritizing sleep and getting eight hours every night, you'll be so much more effective in the rest of the day than when you do use the right routines and tools, productivity tools. Like I almost want to say you'd be unstoppable because you'd be reading 50 pages a day with energy. You'd be reading 50 pages um, in like say 30 minutes or it's a little bit of a stretch, but like that's the type of energy you would have. You would get so much more done in such a smaller amount of time rather than, than it taking you like, you know, an hour to read five pages on three hours of sleep because you're so tired. I guess that's kind of the point I'm trying to drive home. And I'm not saying this just to you, the audience and Jacob, I'm really just talking to myself here because this is something I've needed to process and get myself to understand on a very basic fundamental and like subconscious level so that when the evenings roll around and I ask myself, do I want to go to bed now? I prioritize the right answer. I said, yes, I do. Because it's actually something that matters to me. It's important to me. I'm looking forward to this. Like the, the feeling I'll have tomorrow is so much better than any feeling I could have now doing something that's kind of wasteful of my time. Mm -hmm. That's where I'll uh, wrap that up. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I mean, that's a very bold take. I mean, basically saying that sleep is the most important productivity tactic out there. Um, but I think it's very true. And when you stop to think about it, uh, I think you can think of countless examples. I know I can, I can think back to, you know, several times this semester where I, I had time to work on something. And I remember thinking, I just can't do it right now. I'm too tired. I, I just don't have the energy for this. Um, and so I, maybe I had the time available to work on something, but I didn't have the energy to. Um, and so, you know, if I would have better prioritized my sleep, you know, I probably would have had the energy. Um, and so when that time came around, I probably would have got something done, but because I never had the energy, it was, you know, just impossible. 
And then I really like what you were saying about the exceptions too. And people like everyone thinks there's, they're an exception to the, to the population. Um, I don't know what I, what I saw the other day, but it was, it was with something else, but we can apply the same thing here. You know, maybe, maybe 50% of the population thinks that they're exceptions, thinks that they, that they, um, you know, need less than, or, or don't need eight hours of sleep. But in reality, like scientifically, maybe only 1% actually are exceptions. So explain that, like how can 50% of people think that they're exceptions when only 1% actually are, you know? And so a lot of people think that they can function with less than eight hours of sleep when most likely you can't. Um, and so just, you know, err on the side of caution and assume that you can't operate with less than eight hours of sleep and you'll probably be way better off going forward. Terry, I know we've, we've gone for a long time here. However, I want to leave the audience with some practical tips because I think we've definitely driven home the importance of sleep. What are some some practical tips that you, you can start that helped you better your sleep mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, that one week, I know you said that you, you were, you know, because of the challenge, you went to bed every night, um, at like 11 PM, but what have been some other tactics besides that, that led to sustainable, um, slow changes toward, you know, a better sleep schedule for you? Yeah, there's, there's a, been quite a few scattered throughout, and I'm at the moment kind of using a compilation of them and also adding in some other little tricks to help myself get to bed on a more consistently. Because at, at this point, I know I can go to bed by 11 p.m. I can make it happen, but it's just a matter of, making, of, of doing it consistently to keep the success kind of stringed along um, day, day to day where I see the benefits of it um, on a regular basis. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, I'm still not perfect by any means, um, but I'm starting to recognize the importance of it. So as for tips and tricks, um, a few come to mind. One is I was talking to a professor about this and they were like, just melatonin. Just take some melatonin. Um, It'll help you hit the hay uh, quicker. You'll feel tired quicker. Um, And I've actually bought a little bottle of like five milligram melatonin tablets tablets and i've tried that throughout the semester um i will say if you use it in conjunction with proper with a proper night routine it'll work super well um you know you'll start to feel pretty tired and you'll go out almost instantly or at least i have uh, in my experience i've gone out really quick um, once my head hit the pillow however if you take it as a way to force yourself to go to bed and you still try to stay up and watch another YouTube video or play another game or do something on a screen, uh, it'll almost completely negate the effects. Because um, in my in my experience, I felt tired once or twice when I took one and was still, still working on the computer. Um, but more often than not, like I can take one at 11.30 p.m. and find myself staying at 4 a.m. Like, well, that didn't work. So melatonin is a, I would say, a great assistance um but isn't a don't pop a pill to try to solve your problem is what i'm saying <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's a that's that's one tip there um another would be to and this is another one i'm sure you guys have all heard screens will definitely affect how sleepy you are um the earlier in the evening you can get off screens and do offline things like say preparing a to-do list, if you have a paper calendar, going through that and preparing your schedule for the next day, reading a book um, and all these other things are fantastic. I know most articles that talk about this emphasize you need to do it 
like you need to get off screen, but like at least two hours before bed. Um, but I know, and I'm sure most of you guys know that in reality, um, as college students and high school students, we all really struggle to do that because it's in the evenings, we're usually playing with friends um, or we're doing a little bit of homework um, or we're on our phone preparing a to-do list. Like there's so much of my life is digital. It'd be very hard to do that. So that's the ideal. Um, but don't hold yourself to that or don't feel like you can't do the ideal. So don't try it and attempt it at all. Uh, maybe you set a goal for yourself to get off screens 45 minutes before bed. It's not perfect. Um, but it's so much better than just hopping off your computer and immediately rolling over and going to bed. Um, those are, so, so yeah, so getting off screens at a, at a decent time and prioritizing some type of offline activity to, to go to bed. Um, one thing I found for myself that has helped a lot is having some kind of night routine to go through. And mm. mine consists of some really simple things. It takes like a whole 10, 15 minutes. I'll you know, obviously brush my teeth, you know, changing some sleep, sleeping clothes and maybe take a shower, um, kind of do, do the basics there. And then I'll do some pushups, which pushups probably aren't ideal for the end of the night. Um, because they kind of wake you up. Um, but I'll just do a few and it's just kind of, um, part of the routine I have at the moment, but I'll, I'll do a few pushups, um, just to keep up with that habit. And then I'll read some, I'll usually read in bed and try to help my eyes kind of wind down. Uh, and that's helped a lot. And all that to say, um, putting together some kind of night routine to where you, when you start doing one activity, it triggers the next and it triggers the next will eventually set in some kind of, I don't know, automatic process in your brain to where the further you move along down that routine, the sleepier and sleepier you'll get. And then you'll be mm -hmm. out almost instantly when you hit the head when you put your head on the pillow. And so there's not any single one of these tips is going to work wonders for you. If you're struggling with sleep, just popping melatonin isn't going to solve your problem. There's a deeper fundamental issue you've got to address. Um, but multiple things in conjunction in tandem probably will work. Um, however, I didn't let write a list down of everything, all my tips for sleep. So I'm going to, Jacob, do you have any tips personally from your experience for getting a good night's sure. sleep. Yeah, no, I like your three. So your, your top three, at least that you could think of where melatonin get off of screens as soon as you can, um, and then go through a night routine. Um, I actually haven't taken melatonin before might yeah. try it soon, but screens definitely agree earlier. You can get off the better. Um, and then my, my number one is definitely night routine. I love that you mentioned mm -hmm. that. I was going to say that if you didn't, um, my night routine takes actually fairly long, um, anywhere from one to two hours, mm -hmm. one's the minimum. And then two is kind of, if I decide to watch a few YouTube videos to help wind down. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, the idea is that I could go from working up until let's say 11 o'clock, then I could start my nightly routine, um, and then be in bed by 12 at the earliest or, uh, one, at the latest. And so, you know, it takes a while, but it, it essentially is taking me from the moment I stop working to the moment I can go to sleep um, and actually fall asleep. And so it, it works me through several steps and I'm not going to go through it all, but um, a couple key ones is like one, go through and process all the messages that you have at like the very start of it. So if you have text messages, you need to respond to, um, you know, 
other notifications, emails, whatever, you know, get that out of the way so that you don't have to like think about that. Um, then I move into kind of emptying my brain. We've talked about brain dumping before, mm-hmm. but just like writing down as many things as you can. So I kind of I like to work through the day uh, in my head and kind of be like, okay, this is where I started. You know, how did just like do like a mental um, rerun or like run through of the day. And so you kind of remember everything that you did. Remember, you know, any, anything that, anything that you might, may have forgot, like, oh, I was in this class and the professor said, oh, I have to take, or I have to do this homework assignment. You'll remember those things as you run through the day. So that'll help you kind of like get everything out of your brain. Um, and then I kind of go update my productivity systems, like my calendar, my GTD list, um, or my to-do list for those that aren't familiar. Um, but, you know, run through those things, kind of have them updated. And then I kind of go into a time of like reflection. And so I will go update like my habit tracker and kind of think about how the day went. Um, I will do like a, a journaling thing. I'm trying to get into the habit of journaling. And I've actually been very consistent for the last few months. Um, but that'll also help me kind of process the day. And then I like to give myself like anywhere from five to 10 minutes to just do nothing and think. And that'll kind of help me catch anything else, anything else that I might've missed from the day, um, reflect on, you know, something that I haven't had time to think about. Um, and so I just call that mind wandering, just like letting my mind wander. Um, sometimes I'll just like get up and walk around my room. So I'm not like sitting down and falling asleep while I'm doing it. Um, but I do that for a few minutes and then I kind of move into the final steps of, you know, the, you know, whole brush your teeth. And then I'd like to read a book too. Sometimes I'll watch YouTube videos kind of towards the end of my nightly routine, which goes against the get off of screens. But I also find that that's kind of my only time in the day to get to do that. Um, and that it usually makes me sleepy anyway. So that's kind of my, my nightly routine. Um, only other tip I would share would be in the morning to wake up. I know this is kind of common advice, but I don't think a lot of people do it. Set your alarm on the other side of the room, if possible. Yes. I know that oh, Terry, yeah. That's, <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I know Terry has some limitations because he has a roommate and doesn't want to set his alarm on the other side of the room because that would probably be the other guy's side of the room. And then it would probably wake him up before it w- woke Terry up. Um, but in my case, I set my alarm clock now on the far side of my desk. And so I have to actually get out of bed now, um, which is the worst. I absolutely hate it in the morning, um, but I have to go turn it off. And then the key is once you turn it off, don't let yourself get back in bed. Yes. Um, What I do is I sit in my desk chair and I will just sit there for as long as I need. I don't care if it takes me an hour to wake up, but I'm sitting there. I know I can't really fall back asleep asleep if I'm in my desk chair. Um, It usually takes me about five minutes to like wake myself up. And then I'm good to go. Um, but don't let yourself get back into your bed or you're just going to fall back asleep and sleep for who knows how long. Um, so that's kind of the key to the morning and getting your, your morning routine started. We won't get into morning routines, um, but that's just like the one key for waking up early in the morning. So there's my final tips. Terry, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Yeah, the the alarm clock thing is huge. I'll throw that out there for, the, for those of you who are struggling with sleep and are in college or high school um, and have classes like morning classes. Uh, that's been one of my biggest tricks to getting myself to class early in the morning when I'm like super sleep deprived is I set an alarm. I'm at, I bunked my bed. So I set an alarm, my phone um, down like far enough away from my bunk bed to where I have to physically get out of my bed 
to get down on the floor and reach it, um, but also close enough to where it won't it'll wake me up before it rings, wakes my roommate up hopefully he hasn't mentioned anything so <laughs> hopefully it's not annoying him um but then no, that's that's been a huge tip one thing i'll mention last thing i'll wrap up here with is i was i opened the book the motivation myth and i've talked about this plenty before there was a line here or a little paragraph that really stuck out to me as i opened this and was thinking about the sleep sleep issues and sleep as a habit here it is by Jeff Hayden in the book, The Motivation Myth. This is on page two. I was in the grip of an insidious myth. I thought motivation was a prerequisite to starting a tedious learning process, a spark necessary to get me going. But motivation is really a result. Motivation is the fire that starts burning after you mainly painfully coax it into existence, and it feeds on the satisfaction of seeing yourself make progress. The problem with waiting for motivation to strike is that it almost never comes with enough voltage to actually get you started. A lightning bolt burst of motivation is like a sugar rush. It feels great, but it's impossible to maintain. And when you come down, you actually feel worse. I'm going to just pause there because that's obviously page two of the book. And we can get into way more about what he's talking about there and his actionable steps. Highly recommend picking up the book if you guys haven't. Um, but he's essentially mentioning what my last kind of tip is and it and it had it like it was sort of like an aha moment for me of i've almost been approaching this as waiting for motivation to strike me to go to bed and some nights i certainly have had that motivation I'm like oh i'm gonna go to bed early tonight most 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 nights i don't and during that one week when i had like almost a perfect week of sleep because jacob challenged me I was building off the previous nights really easily because it felt great. Um, and of course I had the one mishap and that kind of ruined everything. But all that to say, my goal um, going forward for this following month and these following weeks um, after Thanksgiving break is I'm going to try rather than ask, like telling myself to stick to a sleep, sleep um, bedtime, um, like a certain time to go to bed indefinitely. I'm going to pick one or two days of the week uh, to have a perfect night routine on. So maybe it's like a Tuesday and a Thursday that every Tuesday and Thursday of the week, no matter what happens, I'm going to get perfect sleep. Uh, I'm going to go to bed by 11 PM. I'm going to execute my night routine and all this stuff. I'm going to make it just super small and actual. You might kind of scoff at that. Uh, maybe it's, and th this is just a idea. Like I'm, I'm still going to test it. The thing I've, one thing I've learned in life is that you want to fail and fail and fa or try, try and try. I don't know. I mix my analogies and words up. I'm probably should just wrap this up. All that, all that to say, what I'm saying is embrace failure. Like, you know, it's okay to fail. And um, if this fails, so what I'll have learned from it, but if it doesn't, then whoop, figure it out something um, and kind of build on that experience. But I'm going to try just making it really small and actionable for myself um, so that, when that night comes around, I know I'm going to do it. And it's only one day of the week because I can, I can do one day of the week. Like if I do with the one day of the week and waste all the others, Hey, that one week was success. I got that day done. And then the next, next week I can problem solve about how to make it two two days and then three days. And by the time it's three days, I'll probably have the motivation to make it four days because I'm mm -hmm. seeing the results of the first mm -hmm. three days. I don't, this is just an idea that came to me kind of uh, in the last hour. 
and I'm pondering on trying for myself. So I will let you guys know how it goes. But that is where I shall wrap up my little bit. Yeah, I like and, that. Um, yeah. It's it's like a paradox almost where the motivation comes after you've kind of got started and after you've seen the results, um, which is probably the whole idea behind the motivation myth. So yeah, I definitely need to read that book. I'm sure you guys probably want to as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up here. If you guys enjoyed it, um, you know, let us know. And hopefully, you know, you had some actionable actionable tips in there uh, towards the end. And hopefully now, you know, you, you recognize the importance of sleep and, you know, you, you see exactly why you need to prioritize this and why it's so important. And, you know, hopefully have some, some ways on which you can improve your sleep schedule going forward. Hey guys, uh, I'm cutting in here real quick, just to mention that uh, in post of this editing process for this podcast episode, we noticed it's a pretty long one. Uh, so we decided to go ahead and cut it in two. That way it's a little bit easier to um, watch in different sections because the first half of this episode talked a little bit more about kind of why sleep is important. And then the last half of the episode talks about some more actionable tips. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up here. Um, sorry, it's kind of in the middle of our conversation, um, but stay tuned, stick around for a few more days and you'll see part two coming out shortly. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.